0: Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word.
1: Hey, take out your Bibles, turn over to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. I know everybody's been real busy, but one thing you may have noticed, not sure if you had or not, Anybody notice that there's a presidential election going on? No, really, there really is, seriously. Uh, the, the Democrats have Hillary Clinton, Republicans have Donald Trump, and the question I have is, why would anybody want to be president? Long hours, high stress, half the country hates you, half the time and the other half, the other half of the country hates you, uh, absolutely no winning. Have you ever seen pictures of presidents when they took office and after they left office. Let, let me show you just the last three presidents. Here's Bill Clinton. When he took office and when he left office. Now that, that's a pretty good transformation there. You have George W. Bush uh, who followed him. Uh, th- that's just the time you go into office till you leave office. And what about Barack Obama? He was the youngest of all of them. And uh, oh my goodness, that's what being president of the United States does to you. Now think about this. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are 15 years older than the youngest of the people I just showed you. So what are they going to look like in, in, a, in eight years or something like that, you know, uh, as we are going, going to it? It's, it's unbelievable the stress, the work that the presidents go through and what it does to them on a physical level. And it's just easy to see by looking at the pictures. Well, we're going to look at God's prescription to busyness and to work and to never getting any rest. And that's the first thing we see is this. We all need a little R&R, and luckily God has provided the solution, and it's called a Sabbath rest. Uh, Now, look over to Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. We've just completed uh, six days of God creating the world. And the last thing that God created and he created special was he created people. And after God created people, we're told this in Genesis 2-2. By the seventh day, God finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. So God created the world in six days. We're told six periods of time here. At the end of that, we're told that what happens is that God rests from all the work that he has done, and he makes the Sabbath day holy. Now, holy means different, set apart, above. So the seventh day was supposed to be a day that's different than the other days that we have. It's supposed to be, we're told, a day of rest, a day of rejuvenation. Now, often when we think of the Sabbath day, what we think of is worship. You know, I come to church, I worship, it's Sunday, whatever. But the the original prescription for Sabbath was more about rest than anything else. Now, there is an element that we need to reconnect with God and we need to worship. But the main gist in every single scripture about the Sabbath is that we're supposed to have a rest. And then you look at the United States today. We are a country that is killing ourselves with busyness and overwork. The average American works 12 hours longer uh, than people on the European continent. Now, maybe they're just lazy over there. I don't know. But, but uh, you know, uh, we work 12 hours longer than they do. We take a third of the vacation time that they take uh, in Europe. And Americans always seem to be behind. No matter how hard we work, no matter what we do, we're always trying to catch up. There's just not enough hours in the day. And it's not just us that's getting overworked and stressed and busy. We even do it with our children. Uh, we our children are so overworked and stressed. Perfect example, right there. You know that, that they just can't keep up with everything that's going on. Think about this: we have our children. We go to school. We have homework. We put them in ball. We have dance. We have anything that you could think of uh, that we try to overschedule our children in doing. If you've ever been in part of like a traveling ball team of any kind, you know, those things were invented by Satan in the pits of hell. You know, <laughs> they, they were invented to take all of your money and all of your time uh, for very limited results. That, that, that's all that, that they were done for. And, and believe me, I've been there, done that uh, over and over again. And, and so even our children are just completely exhausted. 24% of parents in the United States say they are simply too busy to spend time with their children, 24%. Now, if you're trying to build a better life and think about what's important, and one out of every four parents say, well, I'm so busy taking care of my family, I can't spend any time with them, you're missing the whole point of what it means uh, to be a parent in the first place. 40% of American families will not eat together during the week, 40%. That's an unbelievably high number. Because we're just too busy. We don't have enough time to do all of these things. So you look at all of these stats and you begin to think, what in the world is going on and what's the prescription? And God gave us the prescription at the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. God told us that what we needed was that every seventh day, we needed a day of rest and rejuvenation, a day to recreate ourselves and get the body charged up once again. He talked about it in creation. Over in Exodus 20, he talks about it again. In Exodus 20, we have what we call the Ten Commandments. Uh, They're not ten suggestions. They're not ten good ideas. They're ten commandments. And the fourth of the Ten Commandments says this in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, your sons, your daughters... Uh, Your manservant made servants, not even your animals, nor the aliens within your gates. See, I knew there were aliens. Uh, That's a different topic. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. What God says is this. You cannot go on 24 hours a day, seven days a week and not break down. Your body was not made to do that. You need a day of rest It's prescribed both in creation and in in the Ten Commandments as something we need, as something that God says is important. It is so important that the word Sabbath is mentioned 163 times in the Bible. Now, in case you don't know anything about your Bible, that's a lot of times. Okay, If something is talked about 163 times, that's a lot of times that God says we need a time of rest. And so let's go on to the next point. So, we're overworked. God has prescribed a Sabbath day of rest. That seems to settle it. I mean, it's, a, it's commanded. It's in creation. Now everybody's happy. Nobody's working themselves to death. We all get a seventh day of rest. But here's the problem. A lot of good Christians feel they're too important to obey God. And resting on the Sabbath isn't something they do. But resting on the Sabbath is ultimately about trusting God. Do you trust God enough... To say, I don't have to work seven days a week. I can lay my burdens aside. I can lay my schedule aside and one day a week get a time of rest. Or you just too important and God has to understand that. Now over in Exodus chapter 16, we kind of have an interesting passage of scripture. Children of Israel uh, are on their way to the promised land. They're in the desert. They don't have any food. And God gives them this miraculous bread manna to eat in the morning. And he tells them, just collect enough for you to eat today. Uh, the manna will be there again in the morning. But if you try to keep it overnight, it'll rot and spoil. Now, there were people who thought they knew more than God. So they collected the manna overnight. The next morning, it, it was had worms in it. It smelled. And so they begin to see, look, well, you just had to take it and eat it at the time. It wasn't going to last till the morning. But then God said, but on the seventh day, keep it overnight because... That's going to be what you're going to eat on your day of rest. Now, if you're smart, what you think is, look, God's kind of got this messed up. I've already figured out this stuff spoils. It's not going to keep. So let's see what happens over in Exodus chapter 16 uh, down to verse 27. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they didn't find any. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where he is on the Sabbath day. No one is to go out. And so the people rested on the Sabbath day. The problem that people had with the manna here was that they didn't trust God. They thought if we let God have his way, we don't know if we're going to have enough to eat. We still do the same thing with Sabbath today. What we think about is this. If I don't do everything then it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to get done. God doesn't understand. I I work hard all week long, then I got to come home and I got to clean the house and take care of the yard and take care of the kids. And I don't have time to take a day of rest. There's just too much going on. I'm too important. I can't step aside. And so the problem we have with Sabbath is that we don't trust God and we just think we're too important in the whole scheme of things. And then we don't admit that we're getting overwhelmed. We don't admit that life is crushing in on us and we're tired all the time, we're too busy, Uh, we're getting grumpy, and and, and we just refuse to admit that God was right and we needed a Sabbath day. If you want to know how overwhelmed we are, here's a perfect example of how overwhelmed we are. Right there, you know, uh, that that happens and we think, no, I'm in total control, don't worry about it, everything's fine, Uh, I don't need any help, I'm not tired, I'm going on. But the body was never intended to go on and on like that we were told that we need a day of rest, and we need it every six days. But we're not very good at that. Uh, we're not very good because what we do is we think the whole world rests on our shoulders, and that if we don't let go of it and let God be in charge, uh, then everything's going to fall apart. Americans aren't even very good at taking vacations. In Europe, they take 30 days of vacations a year. In the United States, they take 13. Who, who's ready to move to Europe now? They They never work. They vacation all the time. I mean, it sounds like the perfect place or something. But here's a a slide that shows you about Americans and how they work. 52% of Americans work on vacation. Is it a vacation if you're working? 52% of Americans work while on vacations. But not only that, we don't know what a vacation is. A vacation is supposed to be a time of rest. Do you know what a vacation is? It's if your employer is giving it to you, so you have time to to rejuvenize yourself and to to revitalize yourself. What do we do with vacation? The second we get it, we pack the car, we go off, we drive 10,000 miles, we go to, to Disney World, we stand in lines 30 hours a day with our kids screaming and crying and throwing a fit, and we spend every penny we've got, and then we drive all night long to get there so that we can get up early and be at work the next day. And the very first thing we say is, I need a vacation for my vacation. That wasn't a rest. That was spending all your money and watching your kids scream for a week. You know, that, that, that's all that that was. And yet we think that, you know, yeah, I'm getting rest. Everything's fine. Because if we're afraid, if we let go and let God be in charge, that everything's going to fall apart. So we don't trust God enough to be in charge and to know what's good for us. And that brings us to the next thing that we see. Go ahead. Live that way. But there are consequences when you don't take a Sabbath rest. There are consequences when you don't take a Sabbath rest. Now, it's interesting, the consequence in Exodus uh, chapter 31, verse 14, the consequence of not taking a Sabbath rest was that you were stoned to death. Who thinks that was a pretty good consequence? How many people here would be dead right now if we still had that prescription? Yeah, probably everybody in this room would be dead uh, if that was the thing right now. But what if I told you this, it's still true. We are killing ourselves by not taking a rest. We are literally killing ourselves by not taking a Sabbath rest. This is what doctors tell us when we get too busy and we don't rest and we don't take time to rejuvenate our bodies, this is what happens. Americans, because they are so busy, have higher rates of heart disease Obesity, diabetes, depression, anxiety, stress, stomach problems, accelerated aging. Look at the president's pictures again. Their constant stress and workload, they have accelerated aging. We have premature death, burnout, and higher issues of family problems, and they all stem from one thing we don't rest. And then we think there is nothing that goes, no consequences that go along with it. There are all kinds of consequences. The body wasn't made to go 24 hours a day, seven days a week. God said, you need one day of rest for your body or it's not going to make it. Probably a lot of you know who Rita Ora is. Rita Ora, a very popular singer today. She was recently hospitalized in Los Angeles after a concert This is a picture of her in the hospital. And you know what the doctor said was wrong with her after they got her into the hospital? Uh, She was there for almost a week. Exhaustion. That was the only thing they said. She was going all the time on these tours, going from one place to the next, concert after concert, until finally she couldn't do it. A young lady in the prime of life, in great shape, couldn't do it any longer and simply collapsed. The body isn't made to do that. You can push it to the limit all you want. There will be consequences. You will be tired all the time. You will be grumpy. Uh, You won't be as as, uh, able to handle situations as you did before. You're going to start having stomach problems. You have every issue in the world as your stress goes up because you're not doing what God told you to do. Americans aren't even sleeping the way that we were supposed to sleep because we're just too busy. You know, sleep was kind of our mini Sabbaths. You can go to bed really tired, get a good night's sleep, and your body rejuvenates itself. That's the way that God created the body and what he created the body to do. Uh, We're told adults need eight hours of sleep a day. The average American gets six hours of sleep. How many times can we be told over and over again by by scientists, you need eight hours of sleep, and we'll say, well, I'll get six. And we think there aren't going to be any repercussions. I don't care who you are. Eventually, it catches up to you at the State of the Union address this year that President Barack Obama gave, this was the Supreme Court justices. <laughs> was his speech that boring? No, they're just tired. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Stephen Breyer decided they'd take a little nap during the State of the Union address and they slept The entire speech, if you were watching it, it became a comedy. They would show them every once in a while and they'd just be going from arm to arm or something like that as as they're totally there. You'd think somebody would have gave them a little elbow or or something like that uh, while, while they were doing that. You just can't keep going on. We are literally killing ourselves and we won't even recognize it. I want to ask you two very simple questions as a test to see whether or not you're too busy. And uh, are you too busy? Are you overworked? Are you not getting the rest that you need? And here's the first question. If you have one morning with nothing to do, do you find yourself getting bored? If you have one morning that is not overscheduled with things to do every minute, do you find yourself getting bored? If so, you are probably way too busy. I can't handle one morning. I am so busy that if I have one morning without constant activity, I don't know what to do and I don't know how to handle it. What about, think about that same question with your children. Are our children so overscheduled that if they have one Saturday morning with nothing to do, they are constantly running around bored and yelling, I don't know what to do with myself because I have two hours here that you're not telling me what to do? If your children are so overscheduled, they're bored with one morning, then they are too busy. And yet we think that our world's going fine and nothing's going on at all. You know, I remember uh, when I was in Owensboro, they had a really good uh, little league baseball program there. And one of the guys who started the league back in the 1960s told me, he said, you know, Chip, it's a real shame. We started little league baseball in Owensboro because we wanted to give the kids something fun to do during the summer. And now it's gotten so organized and so programmed that it's starting in the spring and they want it over with by May so that they can get into all their traveling teams and be gone all the time. And it's the total opposite of what we intended it to be. We wanted it to be something fun for the kids. Now it's something that goes on all year long and never stops. And our kids are exhausted. And I'm talking about 10-year-olds. And so we're just over, overworked, over busy, and we don't recognize it. Here's the second question. If that one didn't make you feel guilty, maybe this one will. Because the word guilt is in it. If you have a day with nothing to do, do you feel guilty like you're not accomplishing anything? Gee, I've got all day today and I don't have anything to do. So I feel guilty all day long. I should be doing something. Maybe I should, I should uh, weed the, the yard or something or, you know, I, I haven't really dusted the top of the bookshelf or something or, or those ceiling fans need it. And you start feeling guilty because you actually have time to rest. So those are two good indicators of whether or not we're too busy. Are you easily bored and do you feel guilty if you finally get a little bit of free time? The truth of the matter is we work hard and we stay busy because we think we're accomplishing something. We think if I don't do it, everything will fall apart. So I have to stay busy. I have to do these things. The world depends on me. But here's the truth of the matter and the last thing we're going to see. A Sabbath rest is the true key to enjoying life. If you want your life lived at the highest and the fullest, then you need to listen to God. Established in creation. Put in one of the, as the Ten Commandments and codified into law. We need a day of rest and rejuvenation for our bodies. Over in Mark chapter 2, if you want to turn over to that, there's an interesting passage of scripture. Jesus and his disciples are basically on their way to church and they're late for church. Anybody ever been like Jesus and his disciples been late for church? The disciples just wouldn't get ready, you know, and they were all out of, all out of breakfast and so uh, they're, they're going through and the disciples start pulling uh, grain off of the stalks there and they start eating it as their on the go breakfast. And some of the religious leaders see it and they condemn them and they say, Jesus, why are your disciples working on the Sabbath day? Now, they weren't working. They were just getting a little breakfast uh, on their way to church. But what the religious leaders thought was, this is a law, a rule, they're breaking it, they're bad people. And I want to read you what Jesus said to them in Mark 2, 27. Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. You see, in creation, God didn't just say, I'm creating Sabbath day. And now I'm going to create people and people have to obey Sabbath day. God didn't do that. You know what God did? God created people. And he said, because I love people and because I care about people, I want them to live life at the highest and best. So I'm going to tell them they need a day of rest because without it, their life will be less. And so God is trying to do something for our good. We're told the Sabbath was made to help you, not to burden you. Now, the truth of the matter is the way some churches use Sabbath today is that we just make people's lives busier. Uh, You need to be here for Sunday school. You need to be here for church. We got a meeting in the afternoon. Then we got a training union. Then we got evening worship. And then we got another committee meeting after that. You come to all of that. You put in 15 hours, and you've had your Sabbath day of rest, and the church helped you to get it because we're all about God here at this church. And we wear people out. When, when, yes, you need a time of reconnecting with God, but the Sabbath was mainly always about rest. It was supposed to benefit people, not to pull people down. And yet we just can't get it through our mind. In 1914, Henry Ford decided his workers were working too long and weren't productive. And he was going to go from a 60-hour week to a 40-hour week. Now think about that. You're literally losing a third of your time. And his own management talked him out of it for 12 years. He wanted to do it for 12 years. And they kept telling him, you're insane. You can't cut that amount of time out of a work week going from 12 hours to eight hours, going from from, uh, uh, six days to five days. We're going to lose everything. We're going to lose production. We're going to lose quality. It's insane. And finally, in 1926, Henry Ford said, I'm going to do it. We're going to go to a 40-hour work week. Here's a a, a picture of when all this first happened. And they came out, and and this is what he decided to do. Okay, uh, I'm going to go 40-hour work week, five days a week, and we're going to see what happened. Now, this is the concession he made. The concession he made was this. We'll just try it for four months. And if the bottom drops out like everybody in the world tells me is going to happen, then we won't do it anymore. So it's just a four-month test. When they started the first week, The New York Times came out with an article and said that basically Henry Ford had gone insane and the Ford Motor Company would be bankrupt in no time. But here was an article that came out four months later. It said, Ford establishes a five-day work week and they expect labor production to be higher than it was in six days. Did you hear that? They established a five-day work week and they expect production to be higher than it was in six days. And you know what they found? It was... They had better quality and more production in 40-hour, five-day work weeks than in 60-hour, six-day work weeks. And do you know why? Because his workers were rested, and because they were rested, they did more in less amount of time. It might not make any sense to you, but it's the simple fact of the matter. It's the way God ordained it. We need a time of rest, and if we don't get it, we are less. Now you can say, no, I don't have time. I've got to work all the time. I've got to put in my 60 hours. And when you do, you are accomplishing less than if you would follow God's prescription all along. God isn't going to be mocked. He knows exactly the way the world works. And so we've got to get back to having the day of rest. A few years ago, I was on a committee that uh, reviewed one of the, one of the uh, Baptist leaders in our, in our state. And uh, one of the things we found out during the yearly review was that he works seven days a week. And so I simply asked the question, well, when do you rest? When's your Sabbath? I said, for instance, this Sunday, you preached at four different churches in four different parts of the state. When was your Sabbath? And he said, well, you got to understand how important my job is and how busy I am. My rest was when I was driving from one end of the state to the other to preach at that church. Now, look, I know this guy was important and I know he did a great job and everything, but there comes a time you have to say, I'm not smarter or more important than God. And that you have to step back and say, I need the kind of Sabbath rest that God talks about in the scripture. And if not, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting your family, and you're not accomplishing what you think you're accomplishing. If you're the person that gets bored when you get one hour to do nothing, feel guilty when when you have one moment to just rest then you need to really look at what's going on and realize you're not living life at the highest level. And if your spouse is that way or your children, you need to find ways of stepping back. You know, when was the last time our, our children just had an opportunity to play a little bit and not, not have some structured activity that we were putting them under? We need a day of rest. We need to take it seriously. And with that in mind, I want you to watch a short video as we close.
0: Amazing self-feeding baby. Take one. Check. Check, check. Just isn't working get get that baby a bottle.
1: I know you're important. I know you've got a lot of important things to do. But if we don't listen to God's prescription, if we don't take seriously once a week getting a time to rest from all of our busyness, you are not performing at the level that you should and you're not accomplishing what you think you are. Your life will be better when you grasp this idea that God has given us that when we get rest our bodies rejuvenate and recreate themselves, and we're much, much stronger. We need to step back, trust God, and just rest. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you that you have given us the Sabbath because you care for us. Help us, Lord, to take it seriously and to get this day of rest so that we can be all we were supposed to be in the rest of our lives and in the rest of the week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.